Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to the Church Planner Podcast. Before we started today, wanted to tell you about a really special opportunity. Our friends at the Micro Church Conference put on by Brave Future, um, happening April 18th through the 20th in Kansas City. This is for all of you who are wondering what is a new kind of paradigm for missional church planting and church multiplication through smaller expressions of church, what they call rediscovering the smaller way. It's happening April 18th through the 20th. Kansas City is being hosted by Kansas City Underground. It's going to be a great weekend. And they've given us four free registrations to give away. Normally the price is $90, but we will get you into the conference for free. We have four of those. What you can do to enter is go on our Instagram at Church Planter Podcast. And there you'll find um, a, a DM button. Click that DM button. Send us a DM with your email on it and your name and where you serve. So email, name, where you serve, and you'll be entered to win one of four micro church conference registrations. You just get yourself to Kansas City and uh, you can be there and learn a ton from our friends at Brave Futures. Hope you enjoy the show today. Sir, the possibility of successfully navigating an asteroid field is approximately 3,720 to 1. Never tell me the odds. I'm Pete Mitchell. He's Peyton Jones. And this is the Church Planner Podcast. Welcome back to the Church Planner Podcast. Peyton Jones here, and I am honored to introduce Dr. Hormoz Sharia, the president and founder of Iran Alive Ministries. Through satellite, he's been broadcasting the gospel into Iran and the Middle East since 2001, and has seen tens of thousands of Iranian Muslims come to Christ. His channel, called Shabaka 7, is the most watched Christian channel in Iran, with over 6 million, you heard that right, daily viewers and over 20 million who watch it weekly. Using media, Dr. Sharia has developed a large underground church network in Iran as well. He's from a Muslim background, became a follower of Jesus in 1980 after a comparative study of the Bible and Quran. He has a PhD in artificial intelligence from the University of Southern California, a Bachelor of Arts degree in Bible and Theology, from Jessup University. Dr. Sharia, it is such an honor to have you on here today. It's an honor to be here and share what the Lord is doing, especially among Farsi speakers in Iran and in the U.S. Well, fantastic. I'm really intrigued. Your biography mentions that you did a comparative study of the Bible and the Quran, and that led you to faith. What happened? Well, it was after revolution. Uh, I was born in Iran, of course, as a Muslim, and I was pretty devout in my early years. When I got to be a teenager, then my mind started working, saying, oh, memorizing these prayers and repeating them five times a day, that's nonsense. That doesn't add anything to my life. Just be a good person and focus on science. My dream was uh, to come to the United States, uh, get a PhD in science, and uh, uh, be a research scientist. And I work hard, and uh, that was being accomplished. So I was, uh, as a student in the University of Southern California, just a revolution in Iran happened. Then I woke up to my faith. They said, well, uh, I'm a Muslim, but I'm not really devout Muslim. Maybe I should be. 
after the revolution, I should dedicate my life to serving Islam. Islam is taking over the world. It probably God is with it. It defeated superpower USA and Shah, and I'm, I've been ignorant, but I want to dedicate my life to serving Islam. But I remember when I was young, I know Islam. I read Quran. It didn't add anything to my life. Oh, maybe I was just too young to understand it. So I said, I'm going to study Quran as an adult, as a researcher. Um, and if it's true, I'm going to dedicate my life to to serving Islam. I finished Quran and it didn't really satisfy my soul. It didn't answer my questions. Where is God? How does he relate to my life? Um, so I said, uh, as an intellectual, actually, it was like out of my pride, I read Bible. I said, I'm an intellectual and uh, I need to, if they say God has written other books, I need to read that. So that's, I, I got a Bible and I didn't have any classes that summer. I said, I'm going to read this book in three days, three 16 hour day. And um, I don't think I'm going to find anything new in it. Uh, Islam is the last religion. Quran is the most complete book. So I can really read fast because, because I know it. I read uh, Genesis, then I jumped to Matthew as a New Testament, and that's where I encountered Jesus. I wanted to read the whole thing in three days, and three months later, Nathan, I was in Matthew 5 and 6 stuck. Who is this Jesus? So the more I studied, the, I realized both are not the same. You know, as an intellectual, many even maybe of some of your listeners think that, they, oh, all religions are the same. Why do they fight? If you study them, you know they're basically the same. I study them, compare the Bible and Quran. They are not the same. They do not introduce the same God. So I had to make a, a decision, which one is true? Many, many questions I had. Then uh, somebody invited me to a church in downtown Los Angeles, Church of the Open Door. I went there. That's where Jay Vernon McGee was the previous pastor. That's where I heard the simple, simple message of the gospel. And my life was transformed by that simple message. You know what? I got excited. I said, this simple message, even the children can understand. You don't have to have a degree. It transforms your life. It heals your relationship. It can change nations. I'm, I will be selfish if I keep it to myself. So I started evangelizing. Muslims in Southern California. And that's how I was came to Christ and how I started the ministry. That's amazing. Well, I, I love that. And there was so much in what you just said that really showed a, a worldview that probably took a bit of breaking through. But over 20 years ago, you founded Iran Alive Ministries. And one of the things that really intrigued me about it is use modern technology to share the gospel and fuel discipling making movement. So tell us a little bit, what does that look like? What exactly does Iran Alive Ministries do using technology? Yes, well, I'm a technology major. I uh, always wanted to use that for the kingdom. And even AI today, I have a degree in that, and I'm very involved with uh, what's ha happening in AI. And I... I can see, and we already have started using AI in, in ministry. I think that, that's going to expand. But uh, uh, Iran Alive came out of my church planning. Uh, I know you're a church planner, and you've written a book on that. So uh, after I got converted, I shared the gospel, as I, and many Muslims came to Christ. After 11 years of doing research in AI, 
the church I planted in my home grew so big that then I felt God is calling me to ministry. And his call wasn't to, for me to be a pastor. Um, I struggled with that. And uh, I said, God, you know, my first gift is not pastoral, you know. I'm not a good pastor. That's why we hired a pastor, the church I planted. But I felt God telling me this. I want you to change direction because I'm going to do something great in Iran. And I'm giving you uh, the honor to have a part in it. That's when I said yes. So the early years after I said yes, planted churches in Northern California, our mother church in Sunnyvale, we have in mm. Walnut Creek, uh, and uh, Sacramento and, and a couple more uh, places. But uh, right after September 11, I said, this is getting late. Look, if we don't go out with the love of Christ to the to the Muslims, if you just sit here, don't go out, they will come with the hatred of Allah. And we saw that at 9-11. We, mm. we got to be proactive. And we looked around, we said, what's the best way? Yeah. The best way, yes, satellite television, because you can go over the heads of the mullahs into people's private homes and tell them about Jesus. And they can't stop it because the signal is coming from the sky. Oh, yes. <laughs> so we pursued that and we started with one hour of broadcast, one hour a week of broadcast uh, on December 1st, 2001, right after wow. September 11th. Wow. And that one hour a week grew to be 24-7 the last 12 years. Wow. That's amazing. Wow. I love that. Yeah. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that you were a terrible pastor. I always say the same. I think that those that are great planners are maybe terrible pastors, but you see that with Paul, right? Paul did the planting. He let others come in and um, roll in and take take the churches on, but he he stuck to what he knew, which was that frontline ministry. And it sounds like there's pretty much an apostolic call on your life, really, to reach uh, the Iranian uh, person for the God for Christ for the gospel. So, uh, what we often tell our listeners is to focus on sharing the gospel, making disciples. And then churches emerge out of that. And it sounds like that's what happened in your ministry. Specifically, I want to ask, how does that work in the underground churches? And how did you get involved with those? Underground church was, was forced upon us. <laughs> it wasn't my planning. <laughs> uh, going, you know, satellite uh, television is powerful. Media is powerful. And I'm so glad after COVID, many ministries and churches had to get in media. It is a powerful tool. So uh, when we started, uh, for us, it's a tool. It's not the goal, um, satellite or, or media. So we started broadcasting. Thousands were coming to Christ. Even in the early years, even one hour a week, we had hundreds coming to Christ every every week. They were mm. telling, giving us each other's phone numbers, and they were calling us. Many of them were so open to the gospel, share simple message of the gospel. They came to Christ, and and the number grew. So here, a year, uh, there are not church, many churches in Iran at that time. Right now, there were just a few in several cities. Right now, they're all closed. The last 10 years, they're all closed. But at that time, there were few churches. So we said we brought, we share the gospel. People come to Christ. We send them to the local church. That was what I did the first year. 
after the first year of the broadcast, we sent hundreds, um, probably a couple thousand people to these local churches. Um, then I did an evaluation. Uh, I contacted them. I said, so what's happening? And first of all, the church was not in every city. Only a few of them could go to church. Number two, the government was so controlling those churches. The pastors, many of them who were Armenian, Armenian churches, they were not accepting Muslim background believers, even mm. inside, inside the church. Some of them would accept it, but they, they would not dare disciple them. So after a year, I realized these are not people are not disciples. So by force, we were forced to start an underground church. I started wow. with my niece. The, my niece had come to Christ. And there were five people I introduced to her from the, the viewers who were have come to Christ. And that one group with five people led by my niece, um, and she passed away three years ago. Wow. Um, that grew, multiplied in over 100 cities in a matter of five years. It just wow. multiplied. And what we did was, uh, in the early years, if somebody came to Christ through satellite television, we introduced them to our underground church leaders, and they will be integrated in underground church. Uh, we did that for five, six years, but then we realized that's not wise. Hmm. Why? Because the government of Iran did infiltrate it so easily. All they needed to do is to fake somebody who knew a little bit Bible, uh, who could fake to be a Christian, had a fake testimony, and contacted us. Oh, I'm a believer contacted connect me to a, your underground church and we were naive we did that and in one day we lost about 500 people about 40 of our underground churches 10 of our top leaders were arrested this is like 15 years ago so we wow. changed we changed our strategy that was very dangerous and you probably know about cpm and dmm style of ministry we switched that about 15 years ago wow that's that's amazing now something <clears throat> i wasn't sure i was going to ask you but now that you you mention it you mentioned your niece i've often heard particularly in um the middle eastern churches uh particularly muslim communities women take a very active role and that that might be surprising to people, given that women, are, we often hear that they're repressed and what have you. Can you talk a little bit into that? Because we find that fascinating in Newbury. I know. That it's a touchy subject. Some people don't believe in men, women in leadership. We do. And uh, that's wonderful. <laughs> and we do. Some of your listeners may not. But, uh, and, you know, I study that. And uh, we go we go with the, the call. It doesn't matter if the person is man or woman, if he's or she is called by God and she is ready to pay the price, you know, ministry has a price to pay. Yes. And you have to grow, you have to mature. There is conditions in um, uh, in the Bible as, as a leader. So we don't look at gender, we look at uh, maturity, the dedication, the gifting and the call and we train. Mm, but uh, uh, about 60% of our leaders are women. <laughs> it's not by choice. It wasn't, we we didn't really um, want it that way, but we said we go on people who are dedicated, who are ready. Amen. And naturally, 60% became women leaders. Amazing. Yeah. Well, that is really cool. And I want to ask you 
what where do you think Iran is headed over the next ten to twenty years in terms of Christianity? It sounds like you we're we're hearing more and more about this movement of God under the surface. Ten to twenty years from now, I mean, you you've been on the on the front line, cutting edge of this, particularly with the uh, use of technology for gosh, since two thousand one over over twenty years. What where do you see it going in the next ten to twenty? Well, I've written a book about the strategy. It's called Iran's Great Awakening. Iran's Great Awakening. In that book, I share about my spiritual journey. Uh, first part of the book. The second part is a very careful study of prophecies in the Bible. Uh, probably, you know, there is a lot in the Bible about Persia and Elam, which both are today Iran. Elam is completely inside the land of Iran uh, today, and Persia was always Iran. So looking at many prophecies in the Bible, I study that in the second part of my book. And the last Part of the book is a strategy. How do you transform a nation with the power of the gospel? Uh, and we have been implementing that strategy in my book. Uh, now, how, what do I see um, in that book when I talk about uh, prophecy? One key prophecy is Jeremiah 49, 38. Sometimes I say outrageous statements and I say, Iran will be a Christian nation. And people say, are you crazy? What are you talking about? Where did you get that idea? I say, I stole that idea. Where did you steal it from? I steal it from the Lord in Jeremiah 49, 38. He says, I will set my throne in Iran, which Elam, which is completely inside Iran. So what does it mean that I will set my throne? It's Iran is going to be a Christian nation. It's not just many churches or many Christians. It means that Jesus will be known in every segment mm. of the society. He will be wow. obeyed and he will be worshipped. That's where he can say, my throne is there. You know, we have many churches in Dallas. I was in California. Mm. It's, it's a hard ground there. I, I served yeah. them for 25 years. But Texas is Christian. Churches everywhere. Every yeah. street, large churches. But I don't think God can say, I, I've set my throne in Texas or Dallas, even though there are many churches and and uh, many Christians. So the future of Iran, it will be a Christian nation. And nice. we are moving in that direction really fast. Now, critical, the next five to 10 years, the number of Christians in Iran is growing really fast. As a matter of fact, it, according to an independent survey, Iran has the fastest growing evangelical population in the world. So here's the picture. People are have rejected Islam. They are ready for Christianity with the simplest message of the gospel I give on the air. Simple, two-minute version. Hmm. People are coming to Christ. But there are three to six million Muslim background believers in Iran. Nobody knows for, for sure, but about right. Hmm. Now, this is the picture. A fast-growing church, underground church in Iran, full of babies in Christ. They don't have elders. They don't have churches. They don't have pastors. All babies. So what's the what is the need right now? Not evangelism because we're doing it and they're 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 doing it. They're telling each other. Now the critical thing is how do you disciple a nation, and you can't have a church there. 
that's what media as a tool again mm. uh, becomes important and we are using media to identify leaders to disciple people to identify leaders equip leaders and plant underground churches that's amazing well i know a lot of people will want to be a part of this mission uh i i think we chatted before this that um iran has been a particular focus of new breed training uh this past year alone for for myself and i i can sense that god is really doing something in iran i think iran's going to be one of the most important places to focus mission activity so uh an indigenous mission activity it sounds like you know i'm i'm not talking about outsiders i mean just to support so if people want to uh check out iran alive ministries uh where would they go We'll go on our website, iranalive.org, and make sure you sign up. Uh, be involved, uh, be informed every week. If you sign up for email every week, if you sign up for a newsletter every month, you will receive an update uh, full of amazing testimonies. The least is that you will be encouraged. But if the Lord leads you to join us in broadcast, I just mentioned the need for discipleship. Mm. If you have video resources, training resources. If you know it, if your pastor of your mission does videos, we have partners who broadcast on our channel of all different denominations. We are non-denomination. We just want to um, disciple the nation. So we have Baptists with us. We have Presbyterians on our channel, a couple of charismatic. So uh, we check the, the theology, but you can uh, you can join us discipling that nation, and of course, if the the Lord leads you, you can support us. Another easy way to connect with us is to text a word to a number. You know, instead of putting a person's phone number, put this number: eight five seven eight nine. Just put it on top: eight five seven eight nine. Eighty five seven eight nine. Now, as a message, just text Iran. I R A N. And you will get a set of links. Text Iran to 85789. You get a set of links. You link to our website, link to some testimonies, uh, a link to connect to us, and a link to donate if the Lord leads you. All right. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Shariat, for coming on. My guest has been Dr. Hormo Shariat from Iran Alive Ministries. You can check that out at iranalive.org. We want to thank you for joining us on the Church Planner Podcast, and we'll see you next time.